PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. What is up, my dudes? This is Billy D, and I am on vacation right now, just south of West Palm Beach. And I'm without my typical recording and editing software, so this is what we got. Got my raw, unfiltered thoughts on Ari Aster's Midsummer. So yesterday, while on vacation, went and saw a matinee of Midsummer uh, over at the West Palm Beach CMX Theater. It was pretty good. Uh, it was like like a train station. They made you follow like an orange line to your theater. It was real strange. Other than that, I had a great time at the movies. Um, so Midsummer, aka the Blonde Inferno, as I started to call it shortly after, was pretty great. I really like what Aster does um, with head trauma. I really like what he does with his characters by elevating the emotional stakes at the beginning with uh, extreme psychiatric tra- or extreme psychological trauma. And uh, this was, you know, shocked no one that I would love a full horror movie. Um, I, th- I honestly thought there would be more like transgressive weird like hippie sex stuff because he kept calling this the wizard of oz for perverts and i was like fuck there's gonna be a lot of dicks um but you know what it was it was pretty light on all that stuff it was you know very similar to hereditary in a way that that's just all about that you know existential creeping dread that he likes to build so much and i found that to be really refreshing and nice I also love the look of this movie, the you know wide open apertures uh, and the different lenses he uses to create the the swirly bokeh and the and the lack of shadows, which horror is all built around you know obscuring things in the shadows, and this had like no shadows anywhere, which uh, was really interesting to look at. All right, well I gotta finish packing and cleaning here and uh, jump on a plane back to New York. Stay cool, Billy D. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ads for ropes, duct tape, out of shit like that. Out of context, that context <laughs> that is now very strange. The yes. listeners are now wondering even, what the hell you in, were talking about. You know what? Even in context, Chris. Drew, Drew is a real weirdo, ladies and gentlemen. Even Welcome to context. episode 340 of Cinema Crespo. I'm your host, Chris Crespo. Chilling in the Crespo Diso studio with Drew Stickogburn. What up, dude? Looking for good deals on ropes, strong ropes that don't leave uh, bad burns. Yep, burn uh-huh, marks, yeah. yep, yep. And uh, tape and duct tape that doesn't leave adhesive residue. Yes, exactly. Or pull the hairs out. Mm-hmm. Come on now. We get, That's we have, what we need. We got sensitive skins here that we're trying to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your threat level is uh, nylon yellow. Nylon <laughs> yellow. Your morals are stretchy. With us is our, yes, there you go. Our uh, We have a first time guest. Um uh, 
friend of the show, Nick from Get Rad Records, as well as Steve Vecchio, a family and friend. It's all coming together, Drew. It's a nice big circle. He is here to talk about a short film that he is in production in currently. We'll pepper him with questions. It's, I believe, your first short film, right? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Robbie Bacanagy. Yeah, yeah. Give a little bit of applause. How you doing, Robbie? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, we got you here in the studio, ready to tell us about Night of Vengeance. Yeah, for sure. Which is uh, Juicy Cogburn. I've read the screenplay. It is a... Uh, Scream style uh, slasher, like O to slasher uh, short films. What are you aiming for for runtime on this thing? Uh, about half an hour. Half an hour, very good. Uh, and you're in production right now, right? How, when did you start? Uh, we started production about three weeks ago. Ooh, how much time do you have left? About five or six. Whoa, that's a long production, buddy. I like it. That's because yeah. you're taking the time to do it right. That's the thing. You have... Three things, right? There's, uh, you can have the money. Yeah. You can, uh, you, you can do it. How's it, Drew? You can do it fast. You can do it cheap, and you can do it well. You can do two of those, but you can't do all three. Sounds right. Right. You can do something fast and cheap, but then it won't necessarily be well. You can do it fast and well, but it won't be cheap. It's gonna mm-hmm. cost you money. Uh, so you're taking the time out of it. Like we're yeah. gonna do it, kind of inexpensive, but it's, we're gonna take our time. So we want to do it well. Yeah. Which means you can't rush those things. Uh, Christopher Nolan's first film, Following, mm-hmm. he made that with his friends uh, over weekends. Uh, they shot it, it took them a full year just to get all the footage they needed for like an 80-minute movie. Uh, but then, you know, the one had to do Memento and the Batmans, and it kind of worked out for It kind of worked out for old Christopher Nolan there. Well, it didn't hurt that he was talented. It doesn't hurt to have some talent. I mean, I've, I mean in on. my college days, I remember doing some short video shoots with some untalented people sure. and it not going very well. But even then, a lot of those untalented people at, or just untalented students, they go on to be untalented professionals yes. making such modern day classics as The Adventures of Pluto Nash. We got uh, and anything... Uh, the Dr. Good, uh, Uwe Boll, he hasn't been relevant for, for a little while. Any B-cut horror movie from the 90s? Oh, man. Some of those. Some of those. So you go back and you're like, this is actually... Critters 2 actually had it going on. <laughs> Did it, though? <laughs> Did it? It's got bits. I mean, at least it has practical effects. Yes. I'll give it that. Love the practical effects. Actually, I'll talk a little bit about practical effects when we do our What You're Watching section. After I review a new movie, Robbie, I'm going to ask you what you're watching. So I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it now during the first half. I'm just, When I throw it to you, you can tell us about whatever movie you're watching or that you've seen lately, either new or you're re-watching. Um, you can tell us about any TV shows, books, music, anything you want whatsoever. It's a very loose format when we get to that point. But before we get there, this is actually a, this episode is going to be kind of a horror horror themed episode. We got a lot of horror stuff going on. The movie I saw was Crawl. Uh, Alexander Aha's uh, Trapped in a House with Alligators movie. Drew, what's the Rotten Tomato score in this thing? Eighty-eight percent, certified fresh. Surprisingly enough, when I checked it on Thursday, there was only fourteen reviews up, but it was at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No fucking way. Yes, a hundred. Uh, I almost did a screenshot to send to you, Drew, because we were arguing <laughs> earlier in the day. Like this is gonna be bad. And yes, I, it looks like, awful. And I was like, look at this hundred percent score, motherfucker. But then I went to read the uh, the trailer. Is not exciting at all. I like the trailer. I think the trailer is fun. I feel like it looks like a souped up Lake Placid. Yes, but in a house. <laughs> but in a house. <laughs> yeah, you know, in like a in, in a single location, which makes it more claustrophobic. Um, but when I went through the reviews, it's at 100%. But when you go through them, a good amount of them are like, 
they all have caveats. They're all like, it's entertaining, but formulaic. Or, uh, like, it, it's dumb, but, but but I really liked it. You know, I'm and I, like, hate reviews like that. I'm like, just, like, enjoy the movie for what it is and on its face. Don't feel like you have to act like you're dumbing yourself down to enjoy it. The movie is only setting out to do one thing, which is put some characters in a tight situation with killer gators. Mm-hmm. And it does it, and it, it does it well. It's a fun, fun movie. It's only not even 90 minutes. What's the kill count? How many people die in this movie, Chris? Um, that's, I can do that, Those are the I can do that spoiler free. I can do that spoiler free. There is one, two, three, four, five, at least five deaths and two more maimings. One person gets Ooh. fucked up. Maimings are fun. Like, Yes, because it, it's Alexander Aha, right? Uh-huh. So he makes movies like Hot Tension and Piranha 3D and uh, what, The Hills Have Eyes is his most successful one, I believe. All those movies, like, Plenty work, of maiming in the they movies. revel in the gore and people being injured and like oh, suffering and peeling back clothing from wounds and it's sticky and it, <laughs> a lot of that's happening in uh, in this movie. But there's also the ticking clock element of. It's a hurricane coming through. So that's a, what the story basic setup. So, what's the name of the town in Florida that they're in? The the name of the I, town, I love the name. I love the Florida names. The name of the town that they go they show real quick is called like Bright Rock. Bright Rock. But then that's the fake town. Okay. But then uh, when she's on the phone with nine one one, she's just like, "We're in Coral Coral Springs." She's just Coral Springs, I think. So they name drop a real town okay. later. The whole thing was shot in. Bul- soundstage. Bulgaria. <laughs> no, no. They built a tiny cul-de-sac. Really? In like Bulgaria. They, they flood the whole thing, and then they flooded the whole thing. Holy shit! There's a lot of practical effects. The only, really, the only digital effects in the movie are the gators. Interesting. And really, I don't even think there was a single. I was hoping for some like at least one real close alligator. up, like not even a real gator, but even a like real a, fake gator. Yes, like a at puppet least. head or something. They even then like plastic. They gave yeah. you a couple some something tangible they can feel the weight of in the movie. Uh, what they lost in that they made up for in the fact that these gators are all twice the size of normal gators okay. minimum twice the size okay. and the despite no matter where the light source is in the movie their eyes are glowing like orange as they look at you uh and it works great when you're trying to peer into the darkness of the crawl space under the house mm-hmm. and then you're like what am i looking at then you just see the eyes glow you're like oh shit it's like, a gator oh, there's a gator over yeah. there yeah they did that effectively a couple times what i like about this movie a, a few things number one it's simple so a hurricane comes through this lady who's going to school at uf she travels down south against the evacuation to find her dad who's not answering his phone mm-hmm. uh, turns out that he got stuck in the bottom of the crawl space uh because of the gators she finds out when she goes and rescues him now she's stuck down there that's like the first 15 minutes of the movie so it gets it sets you up and then it gets there really fast I mean shit starts going down right away and uh, then the rest of the movie it's like there's very little fat on it there's only once or twice when the characters stop to have like little character things you know so you can actually start caring about these people you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but then um, the movie just plows forward and it also, no spoilers, not saying how the movie is resolved, but once the movie is resolved, it is over. Cut to black credits. Done. There's no, like, aftermath. There's no crawl on the screen, like, uh, yeah. credits. Nothing. There's no newscast. It's just gone. As soon it's as... Like we are done. Yes, as soon as, like, this is our end of our movie, it, it finishes. It feels like a very uh, 80s movie thing, where back in the day... Uh, like Steven Seagal would make a movie, right? Once he kills the bad guy, and he breaks his back, and he pokes out his eyes, and he throws him down an elevator <laughs> shaft, uh, he... Cracks a quick joke, credits. Done. Iron Eagle ended that way when... Uh, no, that had a little bit of a post thing. But they have to end, end fast. No one to get them out, you know? I feel like it's a really effective movie. I'm not saying run out to go see it in a theater. It's not that type of thing. 
but it's for sure once you see it on like Amazon or I'm all checking out on HBO. It is for sure worth checking out. It's much more fun than like the Meg. Oh god! Did you see that one? Oh god, that was awful. Was it so boring? Uh, nothing was happening thank the you. entire time. Thank you so much. They saw Jaws and were like, "Oh, nothing's happening. Maybe that's what we do." Like, no, the Jaws built Jaws killed a woman in the first thirty seconds of that movie and built the tension. The reason Jaws worked is because at the time no one thought about it like that. Now yes. everyone's terrified to go in the water because of Jaws. You yes. can't pull the same formula. If it's not set up the same way. You gotta take a different tack. That is correct. Uh, th- that's why I feel like Crawl does it right. Because it's sort of Jaws. It's, you're yeah. afraid of a, a, a predator. There's a dumb running thing in the movie. I'm not saying this movie's not without its dumbness. Obviously. Uh, the, the, the girl is a, um, a swimmer. right? She's on the swim team. She grew up swimming. Her dad was her coach, played by Barry Pepper. So they have this running thing throughout the movie where... As a coach, he was like, you can always win. It's about mind over body because you are a what? And she responds, apex predator. And there's this apex oh, predator. Jesus. Yeah, which is very cheesy. But that's like the, literally the one thing. <laughs> that's literally the one thing. I was like, that's cheesy as fuck. And they bring it up. It's a runner. A bunch. That, not I'm a sure. bunch. No, I'm thinking they bring it up three, maybe four times. And then it does have like a, at the end, in the beginning, she's like kind of reluctant to say it as a young girl. And then later when she does say it, she's like, I'm, I'm going to beat these fucking beasts. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she screams that as she's killing a couple gators. Not necessarily, but it is like uh, in, in one little thing that she has to do and she does it and she's successful. She's like, fuck yeah, like I'm an apex predator type of thing. Um it's, I'm trying not to give away the details because yeah. there are some really fun things in here. People, it's still most of our listeners probably won't get to it for months anyway, unless they're like real hardcore, like a monster horror fan. But I think for what it is, it works, man. Well, you you had said that like the movie like kind of pushed itself forward. How, were you able to care about the characters at all? Or um, not necessarily. Like most of these movies, you don't care about the characters anyway. I yeah. just try to identify with the situation, and it is like. The way they set it up, it's not unbelievable that the how the house is set up and uh, the flooding. They make as she's driving down to find this house. They don't point this out or anything. It's just in one shot as she's driving down the road and she makes a right. There's a sign that she passes. The big sign just says "Alligator Farm" this way. And I, and I go. Okay. <laughs> it's like, well, that, that's that, where the gators are coming that, from. That's your source. Okay, we get it. And there's no like. These gators have been uh, genetically engineered by the secret government. You know, there's none of that. There's nothing. And they're not like these are prehistoric gators awoken from the deep Lake Placid style. They're just big ass mean gators who find themselves in a nice hunting ground in a, in a flooded area. So it's cool that it did build like a little town. It's a weird town, though, because the, the house that she's at, it's on a cul-de-sac that is on some sort of like body of water, like a river or something. Uh, but then at the end of that cul-de-sac across the street is a gas station. I think it's a cul-de-sac. Cause it's got to make a turn. Maybe the road is supposed to continue. There's a gas station like right in the middle of this neighborhood. It's it's, it's like the geography is awkward. Uh, no, but it gets flooded. Damn it! And uh, and shit goes down over there, and uh, it's good. It, it's fun. I enjoyed so it. So you're telling me she didn't lead all the gators to the gas station, let off one cheesy one liner, and blow them all up? And then blow. <laughs> <laughs> sequel. <laughs> That's the sequel. That's, That's the, the sequel. That's the scary movie style. Uh, let's spoof <laughs> sequel it up, uh, starring Anna Faris, and she can be swimming and swimming, but with like a shotgun between her teeth. I'd see that movie. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. That'd be movie. a lot of fun. So it's got a pretty good score because it's a lot of reviews of like what I just said, where it's fun, it, it sets out to do what it does, and it succeeds. And uh, I think people, once they sit down to see it with like medium or low expectations, will really enjoy it. Well, that's what I that's what I notice with horror movies nowadays. Yeah. Everyone everyone wants them to be 
smarter than they are. Like, mm. everyone wants a movie to be like a midsummer or a get out level of horror movies. Right. When in reality, you're not going to get that every movie. You're nope. going to get these monster movies, these slash movies mm-hmm. that don't put that much time into the plot. Right. But it's there to be a fun horror movie. You know be- what I'm saying? Because you're going there for the horror elements, for the slasher stuff. You want to see the kills. You want to see the, the kills, the, the stalking. Suspense. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and at that point, you're just like writing filler. Go back and watch Halloween. The characters, you know, they're just a bunch of horny teenagers. Mm-hmm. The only one that you can even remotely care about is Laurie Strode, and she's uh, she's, no. she's a prude anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So she's. It's more like. Um, I just want to watch Michael Myers kill people. Yeah. You just you see Michael Myers. That's, 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 all, that's why he has 11 movies that are still coming out because people like seeing him stab. Yes, like, exactly. And you do it right people will come back for more which is why we're getting halloween 2 essentially and yeah. then halloween two, 3 two. most likely halloween yeah. Two, two? yeah which i don't know it's yeah it's weird right two. <laughs> because they point canonically erased all the other ones except the first except then, for the first but one then like they, they're but, still they still exist in yeah, the they, world <laughs> but, then they, but then they made a sequel for it and just named it Halloween yes mm-hmm. and now they're about to have Halloween 2 which is the third movie this is like a oh, they did that with The Thing The Thing yeah. prequel in 2011 is called The Thing mm-hmm. at least the original thing was called The Thing from Another World uh, then the uh, what, what did we just see there's another one. Oh, Robocop they're redoing yeah. I think they're just calling that Robocop no, but we're doing RoboCop again. But it's a sequel. No, they're doing a they're doing a thing where they're doing a sequel to the original RoboCop that erases RoboCop two and three, as well as the there's a bunch of Canadian like made for Canadian TV RoboCops that are terrible. Are they super violent? No, because they're made for TV. Damn. That's why, and uh, they're apparently not good at all. And they're on Netflix if you want anyone wants to torture themselves. Mm. Um, but they're doing Neil Baumkamp who did District Nine. He's doing a RoboCop two, so it erases the other RoboCop two essentially. So it's all about like. Using the same names is strange, right? That's that my brain. I know. It's like, now how, how do I talk about these things in the future? Now I got, like, The Thing. No, 1982 The Thing. Yes. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. Yeah. Now I got to add all these... Extra bullshit. Yeah, all those... How did my phone know. turn upside down? Um, so, Crawl. You know, on him, it's a crawl. I think it's good. I enjoyed it. I like Alexander Aha. It's his first horror movie in, like, six years because he's made a bunch of other movies that aren't horror. And uh, I think you should stick with that. He should for sure stick with that because that's where he excels. Uh, and then, the, so we looked it up. How much you? 12, 12 million? 12 million domestic. domestic. Where does it put it on the top 10? It's yeah. it's number three this week. Number three? With a budget of 13 and a half million. Uh, probably a marketing budget of another, because there's only that one trailer. Yeah. So probably another 20 million in marketing. But I saw that trailer a lot. They did play it a lot. They did push it pretty hard. Uh, I saw like a decent. It was like a one thirty showing, so there were a decent amount of people in the theater. Heard some good reactions in there. It seemed like it was pretty well liked. Um, kind of hard to tell when the theater's not packed, packed to get everything. But I'm just looking forward to never seeing this trailer again okay. in front of movies. Well, that you, you know what you know what happens when those tra- when those trailers are gone, the new so ones the new pop one up to, to see over yeah. and over and over and over. Okay, so cycle. so that's what I saw Awful in trailers. theaters. That was my movie review. Uh, let's get into our, our what you're watching segment. I'm still rewatching uh, action movies from the 80s and 90s. I watched this week. I think it was on the Stars Channel. Uh, Red Sonia. You ever see Red Sonia? Yeah, Drew. Remember that one? That's Brigitte Nielsen. And it's that weird, non-official Conan spinoff where Schwarzenegger plays a guy named, like, uh, Calador or something. Uh, And it was supposed to be a cameo, but really what happens is Schwarzenegger shows up in this movie. His character shows up every time Red Sonia... Like, she's doing fine until the very end, and then she needs help, and then he shows up, he's like, I'm here! And then he picks up something heavy, 
so people can get away. And he's like, "Go run!" And then they leave. And then, yeah. and then later they have sex. His name's Lord Calidor in the movie. Calidor, yeah, not Conan. He's not Conan. And some people argued that, uh, oh yeah, it's his um, his traveling name. You know, it's like it's like what what was Aragorn Aragorn called when he was uh, introduced in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, you know, all these people remember. have these aliases. So people are just trying to retcon Red Sony into the into the Conan world. I mean, I'm okay with that. It's uh, it's a fun movie. What I like about Red Sonia is the special effects, right? The practical effects. There's some really cool compositing. Like, a, there's a storm at one point, like an electrical storm, and it just—it's like a purple cloud with lightning through it. It looks just weird and other. Wor- looks like a, you know, what it looks like. Drew? What are those th- those Thomas Kincaid paintings? The the Master of Light. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It looks like a big painting that has like light effects going through it. It probably is. It was pretty cool. <laughs> it's probably exactly what it is, Chris. And, and it was cool. <laughs> I was like, you don't. Not just do things with digital. It's like this in crawl. The storm is digital. It's like ugh, you know, um, but the uh, that was cool. And I like how when they have the sword fights, they really sell the sword fights like strongly. And with the sound design, when the swords hit each other, they have ching, 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 really ching. good. It sounds like really solid metal hitting metal. These people are flying at each other with plastic swords. They mm-hmm. make it sound like they're metal swords. And then they have their their special effects, like their squibs set up. I guess they're squibs. That when they do stab or slash a person, uh, there's like an impressive visceral blood spray, like whoosh, like it, and it and it doesn't like spray up, but it like whoosh, like it hits the ground and you're like whoa, like that was a lot of blood. Like someone just threw a bucket. Well, it's like someone just got slashed with a sword. Blood. You know, like it looked it actually looked pretty good for being kind of a low budget movie. It looked pretty good, so I enjoyed that. Other things in there are dumb, but whatever. I rewatched Dark Man. Oh, yeah, it's with Liam Neeson. How did that hold it's up? It's like, oh, I'm the Dark Man. Yeah. It's, it's you know what? It holds up fine. Does it? Because it's a comic book movie, ten years before we got our, our modern wave yeah. of comic book movies. So he's like superhero. He's got a, it's his origin story. He gets all burned and he mm-hmm. he has to and cover himself, himself up. up. Yeah. He comes up with a layer like it's all the classic beats of a comic book story. Uh, it has all the fun gags. I I enjoyed it. It's Sam Raimi, so he's still doing his like Three Stooges physical humor with a lot of it. A lot of his still the camera, the way it pushes in and the Dutch angles. It's like a Spider Man movie without Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It's but with Liam Neeson with Dark Man. Yeah. It's Dark Man, and he's like, oh, what, why, why my skin, my skin is melting. Uh, I enjoyed it. The good stuff. The Last Dragon. You ever see The Last Dragon? Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. Do you remember The Last Dragon? You got the glow. That's uh, what Bruce Leroy, show enough. Like, who's the meanest? Show enough. And uh, they're obsessed with Enter the Dragon. It stops for a uh, uh, El DeBarge video for like five minutes. Five. Yes. This is one that I watched a lot when I was a kid, like maybe five years old, with my cousins. I have distinct memories of like sitting in a basement watching on an old big box TV uh, and then rewatching. Oh, now. yeah, that looks familiar. Very, very familiar. familiar. Right? Yeah. Rewatching now as an adult, it's a very fun, up. Be weird movie where no matter what scene you watch it, it's easy to watch because it's so every scene is so strange mm-hmm. and the characters are so bizarre. And uh, I highly recommend if people haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, it's available on Amazon Prime, I think. Okay. And uh, Dark Man, I watched on uh, Amazon Prime as well. Oh, the Dark Man. Dark Man's great. I love Dark Man. Never saw the sequels. Do you know the sequels' titles, Drew? Everyone Do knows the titles. Sequels. Yeah, it's Dark Man 2. It was called Dark Man 2 Die, Dark Man Die. And then the third one is Darkman 3, The Return of Durand, who's the villain in the first one. They couldn't even get anyone else back. They got the villain to come back for the third one. And then they put in the title like it matters. Starring Liam Neeson. No. (laughs) 
No, it's bullshit. Even as a kid, I knew that was bullshit. I was like, what? Doesn't have Liam, Liam Neeson's. Garbage. Uh, all right. Episode three of Legion. You watch that shit, Drew? Of course. Yeah, so you're watching Legion? Okay, excuse us for two minutes as I we mean, talk about Legion. <laughs> I, re- I, I really enjoyed how it was basically uh, just a Professor X prequel. Yes. <laughs> for the entire episode. The whole episode was just <laughs> Every once parents. in a while, it was just, you know, you, you'd see him in the background or, he, you know, he's, cause he's trying to break through. Yeah, he's time traveling. Doing he's, his he, thing. He's doing that interstellar thing yeah. where he's like, Morgan, no, Morgan, don't, yeah. don't let me go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. Man, it was good. I enjoyed it. They never called him Charles, though, right? He had an no. alias. He had a different name. I don't think they even... They, they used the name at one point, but it was an alias. Yeah. But it was for sure that when they broke out Cerebro, yeah, was, oh, when he's sitting there in a house with, with yeah, yes, and then, awesome. he, and, he meet, and he's like, "Oh, Farouk is here." He, and all he that meets stuff. him psychically and he's like, "I gotta go find him." Man, what a great episode! Yeah, one of the best was, episodes of Legion. It was great. I mean, and then and then at the end too, where she's like, "I went too far." Yes, pulls out a tooth. Yeah, like, she, that's the second tooth she lost. How many teeth is it? What happens when she loses all her teeth, Chris? Does that only happen when she goes back too far, like from the the it's, wear to it, her body? It just it seems like she's what, breaking down. Either, either when she goes back really far and yeah. like really strange person, or even in the, the last time, it was just like some. It was like she went back too many times to the same spot. Too many times, and she lost her too. Too many times, too often. Yeah. When are we gonna awaken that? She's lost two teeth. When are we gonna awaken that time travel? I don't people? know. Does the time travel even eat teeth? Is that what's going on? It's a sacrifice. <laughs> The teeth sacrifice. Man, episode four is tomorrow. Fucking show. I can't wait. The show's so good. I love it. Uh, It's worth every second. Mm -hmm. All right, Drew, what you watching? God, that was it. Oh, so you're watching Legion? I watched Legion. So I'll mark it down for Legion. And I watched the first couple episodes of season three of Stranger Things, and it doesn't feel the same. It seems like they're relying a lot more on the fact that you have 80s nostalgia then we're actually making a decent show anymore what happened I don't know what happened to Stranger Things I've actually never seen an episode of Stranger Things the first ep- the first the season, season was really good first season was it was fun. fucking crazy it, it was wacky it was heavily 80s inspired but not too cool much monster designs that, that, it just seems like they're relying it's gotten too popular that's my, what it is my favorite thing now about Stranger Things is how past guests and future guests of the show Amy Drew Thompson how her daughter her oldest daughter does a she came up with a, a Demogorgon outfit for like a cosplay outfit where she pulls like a string and the mouth opens up and it's like it looks amazing it looks really cool that's my favorite part of that show now uh, I really like season one I like season one season, season two, two was, yeah. I was like I found myself being like I guess I'll finish this show like I wasn't too into it and uh, now I'm seeing some really mixed things about season three. Real I'm not really, I'm really not enjoying it. And then I thought that season three was supposed to be the last one, but now I'm seeing online uh, some articles that are like, uh, "This is how they could do season uh, four. Can we not? I know they, these shows gotta know when to hold them and when to fold them. No, really, they should have folded after first season. After first season. All right, so uh, so Legion and Stranger Things. All right, cool. Thank you, Drew. Robbie, you watching anything lately? What are you seeing in theaters these days? Oh, I, most recent thing I saw in theaters, I saw the new uh, Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Yeah, let's talk about that. Spoiler free, but what do you think? How Did you like it? Did you not like it? I personally think the storyline they're going with with Spider-Man right now yeah. is a dumb storyline to choose. Oh, really? The, um, you mean in the way it ended or the whole arc with Homecoming, this, with the, with the Tony Stark uh, stuff? Dude, the thing is, the whole arc it has, like, yeah. the Tony Stark thing makes sense. The mm-hmm. whole arc with Homecoming... And then them adding Mysterio now made sense for what I thought. Yep. But they're not using these two to their, like, and Homecoming, because Homecoming's been out for years. I think I can. Yeah, absolutely. Homecoming, all the deets are out there. They, 
they set up the Sinister Six by having Vulture meet Scorpion in the post credit scene. And then, you know... Sh- That's right, they did. And then Shocker was also there helping out Vulture with his little fist things. Yes. There's three right there. This Mysterio made number four. Yes. But then, yeah, they can't... Can they? But they can't. That's the thing. Well, they, see, they've see, been I, trying I, to do Sinister Six stuff for how... How long? Since, since the Andrew Garfield stuff. Since the Andrew Garfield stuff, at least. At least. I don't they, know about Tobey Maguire. They really didn't try to... I mean, they had a couple members, but they didn't get that high. I mean, with that second Andrew Garfield movie, yeah. ending with, like, Rhino and all this other... I mean, come on, they're trying so hard. They had the that scene where Osborne walks through the... Or someone walks through that display yeah, and you see, like, the wings all, all and them. the Doc yeah. Ock arms. Like, it's just ready for people to come take him. It was so silly. Uh... Yeah, it seems. I don't think they are going to be setting up um, that because actually we talked about this on our Patreon episode. The director John Watts wants to, if he had his choice, he would like to bring in Craven for the his third Spider-Man movie. Which well, then it, that means that it's not necessarily any sort of Sinister Six thing. No. But the thing is, I don't see where they can do that either. Yeah, Craven's a hard one. The uh, the ba- great no, white no, just hunter. based off of how they ended. Spider-Man 3. Oh, true. Spider-Man Be- because yeah, now they are setting a very specific story anyway. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay, so you understand what I mean then. Yes, yeah, it has a very specific ending there. Yeah. Um, it seems like they try to do a lot. But, you know, also, so how do you, what do you think then? You've seen all the Marvel movies, all the MCU movies? I actually know. No, which ones the, uh, Which ones are you skipping out on? Which ones do not interest you? No, well, they, they, all, they all interest me. It's yeah. just they're all such long movies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I... The first MCU movie I ever saw was uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, really? So, like, everything recent. pre-Ragnarok, I haven't seen. I have to go out and either buy and oh, see my goodness. Like well, you know just, just wait a little while for the, the, Disney, the, box the Disney Plus app comes yeah, out. Yeah, or that too. It'll all be on there. Um, Thor Ragnarok is a that's a wild amazing. movie. That's a crazy movie. That one that one is the type of thing that like, can bring people into the MCU. Like, oh, this is what these movies have to offer. Maybe the other ones. But then the yeah, problem is not, you're, start, not. you're starting at a high point. <laughs> yeah, there. That, I mean, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok's like the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's one of the top movies. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Uh, did it's you the get, best Thor movie. Did you get around to? Oh my god, so so good. I couldn't believe I actually liked the character. Yeah. Um, did you get around to? Because I think this was before Doctor Strange. I have seen Doctor Strange. That's a fun one, That's a good one, too. The the Uh, ones where they try to be a little different. Different, yeah. Yeah. Try different things. I did hear a rumor about the third Spider-Man movie, though. What'd you hear? Right. Rumor rumor central, guys. Here we go. Yeah. And, um, I I mean, I read it online, so I don't know how accurate it is. It's the internet. But it makes sense with how Spider-Man Far From Home ended. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Netflix's Daredevil is going to be in the third Spider-Man movie. Oh. Can we not? Do you, Wonder, you say can we not? Do you don't want Daredevil at all, or do you not want Charlie Cox? I, I don't... Uh, this guy's a Daredevil fan, too. So here... You like the Frank Miller stuff. Here, here's the thing, Chris. With the way that the MCU is seems to be expanding... Yes, exponentially. Why are we centering on a story about some dude in Hell's Kitchen? Well... Who's, it, in all reality, not all that powerful. Kevin Feige has said that, especially when it comes to like Fantastic Four and X-Men and upcoming stuff, all these characters will be like how they did with Spider-Man and Black Panther, they will be introduced in other characters' movies. Captain Marvel as well, right? Popped up in someone else's movie first. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. Shit, shit, right? Yeah, at the end of a thing. Yeah. Well, at least the emblem. Anyway, so the um, they'll be doing that with those characters. It would make sense if they do fold in Daredevil to have him ha- pop up in someone else's movie first. I mean, first it might as, as well be Spider-Man. And then in that case, it might because as well be it Spider-Man because it it's New York. It makes because, the most sense with no. Spider-Man. Yeah. And I mean, did they interact a lot in the comics? In yes. the comics, yes. Yeah, 
Because it's, cause it's New York City. It's New York, exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you got Spider-Man. You got, who else is Spider-Man, there? Daredevil, Punisher. Punisher. Uh, who else? That Punisher. Don't expect Punisher. Punisher's probably not going to be in, but I, but I can or honestly... The Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange. Can, they all can, hang out in New York. I can yeah, honestly yeah. see it, though. Like, this whole next phase. I highly doubt this is what they're going to go with based off of the post credit scene. Sure. Yep. Because of what you saw. Because of what they showed us. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like a good way to go would be if they just brought the Defenders back. With like better story writing, yeah, well, and had that be like Earth's team. It's crazy how those the Netflix series started so strong and then they lost their way. I think they just tried too hard, too much, too fast. Well, my thing is, my thing is, they didn't. They saw how well Daredevil did, mm-hmm. so they quickly blew through the other three to try to get them all together. Uh, yes, I feel like that is a, a correct assessment. Yeah. yeah, because then you could see each series got worse as mm-hmm. it came out like uh, I enjoy Luke Cage but it just wasn't as good then I enjoy Jessica Jones but it just wasn't as good and then like Daredevil season 2 but it just kept going down and down yeah um did you ever go back to watch The Punisher Drew Were you, no. I saw I saw oh, a, The Punisher is probably the best Netflix it, TV show they, and they did two Superhero seasons wise. of it right yeah it may, I, I want to watch a second my brother was watching I walked in on him watching a part of a second season a fight in a gym where he beats a bunch of dudes oh up. yeah the Russian guys dude yeah what a scene I was, I was it's like, crazy I was like, this is really really good I mean I'm sure I could just you, at this point now you could just, you could just watch Punisher in my opinion yes, same yeah. thing though season one is better than season two Really, but out of all my friends, I'm the only one who thinks that. Okay. So okay, so consensus people like season two more, but you're but, but personally, I like season one no, more. That's that's fine, man. It's crazy how I thought those shows were gonna be stronger over time, and I I think they probably just rushed them out. And then with the whole the Disney deal and the streaming services, like well, nah, this is canceled, that's canceled, that's canceled. But now it also comes out how Netflix they've done the research; they don't want to do any shows anymore beyond two seasons, maybe three anyway. So it makes sense yeah, for them to now cancel things because plus I mean Daredevil season three wasn't that good ah which is that's the one they brought back Kingpin right yep God. and then uh, he was the best part of the first season oh, and then um, like yeah. Jessica Jones a, a show as a show as a whole wasn't that good I liked the first season but I never watched any of the subsequent ones because by that point Defenders had already come out uh, also Iron Fist had uh, really soured the pool for everyone. And I was just like, yeah, I think the way they, they handled Iron Fist was kind of dumb. Man, people like, did not like Like, that. it makes sense, because, oh, well, the thing is, everyone wanted him to have his costume. Like, if you're watching superhero stuff, you want them to have costumes. And, and they even made the joke with Luke Cage, right? Yeah. At one point, he had the braces, and he yeah. was wearing, and he looked himself in a reflection, and like, oh, I look crazy, and he had to, like, change his clothes. And they even funny. did the same thing with Jessica Jones. And, I mean, they kind of did it in Iron Fist when it shows, like, flashback stuff, and he's wearing them. But it's like, wouldn't it make more sense... If he were to come to New York wearing his gi, already, already, you know what I'm saying? Like that would make more sense than him coming back in this like hobo looking clothing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, he does look like a bum, and all the marketing, like who's this blonde bum? Uh, Very funny. Uh, He's got a magic fist, Chris. He's a blonde bone with a magic. You gotta respect the magic fist. At least wear a velvet glove when you have the magic fist. So Spider-Man: Far From Home, you're a little disappointed, but overall, then would you be like, uh, are are you still then looking forward to the next Spider-Man? Oh, a hundred percent. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. Is he for one hundred percent? Like a hundred percent, my favorite superhero. Uh, When Homecoming came out, I saw it twice in theaters. Nice. Uh, Far From Home, I've only seen once so far. What'd you think of that Spider Verse? Spider Verse? Yeah. Oh, that's my that's my favorite animated movie I've ever seen. It's like one of the best movies ever. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so it, good. it doesn't beat out like live action movies for me. Yeah, but as an animated movie, it's the best animated movie I've ever seen. Man, for me, last year Spider Verse I think was my number three favorite movie of the year. I loved it so so much. It, I I went back because Drew told me to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even like three D. He saw in three D. Doesn't even like three D. Well, it was I animated. Saw... It lends itself 
very, to the 3D very stuff. smart. You're very forward thinking. I, I saw it in 2D. I loved it. He says, you got you to see it in 3D. I'm like, ah, I got to go back. I went back. And then I was like, man, I wonder. I loved it the first time. But now rewatching this movie so soon, am I going to be bored by parts of it? Am I going to want to skip I, forward? I got sucked right back I, in. That's what I'm saying, dude. Man. I, I, it got put on Netflix a few weeks ago. I rewatched I it again. I literally watched it like three or four times yes. with my girlfriend. It's so great. It's such a good movie. Ah, oh, God, I love that Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man is a super cool uh, Yeah, the, my, only, my only real complaint about Spider-Man Far From Home, because it was a cool concept on paper. Yeah. But the way they handled the character of Mysterio mm-hmm. did not like it all. I uh, I felt like yeah, again no spoilers. I felt like what they wanted to do, maybe they could have done it faster. Yeah. Uh, so he could have enjoyed it more. You know what I mean? Uh, it kind of got relegated to second half stuff. But uh, I I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Oh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think it's like, fantastic. I think he looks good with the beard. Obviously, I think he should rock more beard rolls. And... My favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movie is Donnie Darko. Yes, that's a great <laughs> one, man. Uh, I remember seeing that for the first time. Like, what? What is this movie? What the fuck is this? And I also remember like when it came out on, on DVD and having to look it up like, uh, oh, this was supposed to come out do you like, remember the October du- 2001. Do you remember the director's cut that was supposed to explain everything? Oh, the director's cut is trash, man. Where they, yeah, it, The mystery is what makes it wonderful. Exactly. And it's like, no, here are passages from the book. I don't want to read your stupid book. I want to see the crazy abyss finger like uh, guy Donnie around and, and he goes to the, uh, what was the name? Frank? Mm-hmm. Frank the Bunny? Frank mm-hmm. the Bunny. No, I want to rewatch Donnie Darko. Uh, also, want to rewatch Southland Tales because I think it's time now for a, a rewatch on that one. Have you ever what seen that one? Weird fucking movie. Richard that Kelly was. followed up Donnie Darko with because uh, that became a cult hit. It was supposed to come out in theaters. September 11th happened, so a movie featuring uh, a house getting hit by a falling plane engine was a no go. Yeah. So like this has now come out straight to DVD. Uh, but it became a cult hit because it's a cool movie. He got enough clout to make Southland Tales, and it is. Bonkers! It makes no sense. It's a zero sense. It's a musical set in L.A. A post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic L.A. LA it's based on a comic book. Series. Based on a comic. Justin Timberlake, The Rock, yeah, uh, wild cast and Jason Statham in that fucking movie. Is he? Man, it's a weird movie. I highly recommend it. Don't expect something good. No, no, no. no. Expect something weird. Sean no, William Scott. not good at all. Sean William Scott plays multiple roles. I think. Uh, anything else? Spark- what is he watching? Uh, watching anything like series wise? Yeah, I, um, I'm finishing up a series on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's a Hulu uh, original called Letter Kenny. Yes, uh, I saw a couple episodes of that this week as well. Yeah, yeah, that show. Like, I watched the first episode. I was like, eh, and then like it ended with him fighting the guy. And I was yeah. like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna keep watching it. That, that's funny because uh, I it's another thing where my brother was watching. I walked in yeah. in the living room, so he was watching a second episode, and he was getting ready to fight a dude. So I was like, all right, let me see this. And then it took me a second to realize how... Yeah. Drew, have you seen any Letter Kenny? No. It's very stylized. The way they talk and they stand and they move, it's like... It, it almost has like a dry sense of humor like The Office. Yes. It almost has an Office-esque sense of humor. Yeah. But like, instead of it being like a workplace and these uptight blue-collar guys, it's like rednecks out in the country. Redneck, can- Canadian rednecks. Canadian rednecks. Yeah, so they have that little extra lilt to, the, yeah, to exactly. their speech and, and even the way they... The uh, slang they use. The like... slang they use is fun and the way they like set up their fights. Even their fights are like weirdly polite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They like... They'll, he'll beat the crap out of dude and then like shake his hand and a- ask him so if to hang out. I guess you're the toughest man in Letter Kenny now. Yeah. I guess well, so the way I found the show was actually kind of funny because mm. uh, my dad told me about it. But okay. the way my dad found it is he was on Hulu and an ad popped up because if you don't pay, I mean, you get ads on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. It was just Wayne sitting in his chair in front of the produce stand and he was like, wait a minute. You're a fucking idiot. And then he said, Letter Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. 
That's a great ad. Yeah. That is very funny. Yeah, it, it's uh, Drew. I'd recommend it. It's like eight seasons of it, too, right? There's six seasons six of it, seasons. and every season has six to seven episodes. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get down with that one. Letter Kenny, one word. Yeah, that shows... Oh, I love it. Awesome. Because, like, the way... The, it, it, I don't know. It's hard to describe, because, like, it opens the same, mm-hmm. and it closes the same. It always opens with Wayne, like, saying... You were at the bar the other day, and then it builds into the episode, and then it always ends with a fight. With the, yeah, it does always end with the fight. Uh, I've seen the, the episodes two and three. Uh, so one of them was like a birthday. They were trying to have the softest birthday ever. Oh, yeah, the world's softest birthday. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing about having I mean, soft this, birthdays. Is this, just, is this just Trailer Park Boys all over again? No. No. No, 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 no. no. I know. It, you, what it looks like. You want to dismiss it as like, oh, more uh, Canadian rednecks. But no, it's... it's Robbie is right when he talks about the uh, that ad. Yeah, and when you describe that, it sounds like something the show would do. the The style the show drew was very singular. Yeah, like literally, yeah. like it. It's not constant moving shots. Like no. it, it'll be one still shot. It'll have like an entire group's conversation, and the next scene, one continuous shot. Yes, yes. It's it's, it's, it's a weird way to film it, but it works. It's like um, we've, we've made this comparison before with uh, even with Midsummer, but it's almost like what if Wes Anderson wanted to make a, a Canadian comedy. About a bunch of rednecks, like the way, though, just the way it's so specific in how he has people, how the uh, all the characters walk and talk and interact. The twins, those twins are crazy, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, Drew, good show. I'll check it out. Good, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff, Robbie. Anything else you want to throw out there, real quick, before uh, we hit the, the halfway mark? Those are the two things you're you're, you're most excited about lately: Spider Man and Letter Kenny. Yeah, Letterkenny's like the only show I watched. The most recent movie I watched was Spider Man. I, I, um, You're a busy guy now, uh, being in production on a. On a uh, I saw the the Curse of La Llorona, another horror movie. Oh, I haven't talked to a single person who's seen it. Did you like it? Not like it? It honestly, and I'm not proud to admit this. Yeah. Um, it made me drive a 30 minute drive home with my lights on. Wow. Oh, really? It, like, my indoor lights in my car were on the entire Because drive. it does have, like, in the trailer, they have gags or the kids are in the car and, yeah. and it's coming and then, for you in yeah. the car. Yeah. Because, like, it's like it's a creepy story, and I, I really appreciate what Blumhouse is doing with this whole Conjuring universe sure, thing. Sure, yeah. They're always implementing more The movies. big connecting. Of yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, sure. I respect that. Um, The thing with this one is, is it's like its own standalone movie mm-hmm. within this whole universe. It doesn't really connect to anything. They kind of just made it to make it. So you just watch it on its own. Yeah. It could be connected to the other stuff, and you can also ignore that and just watch it well, on its own. Well, because, like, thing. I haven't seen any references to this spirit mm-hmm. in any other movie. Mm-hmm. But maybe in future but movies. But maybe then. in future movies, I will. Yeah. But, like, what's creepy about it is, like, me, I'm an 18 year old man. Like, I'm, an, yes. I'm, a, I'm a dude. Going into this movie, I'm like, okay, this is about a demon that kidnaps children. Yes. No reason it's going to mess with me. Right. Yeah, you're, Jesus not a, you're not a child. The way it opened. The way it opened by, like, so, like, this, like, the woman that the ghost is attacking is, like, a chick who helps people keep their children yeah. if they can't, like, support them or whatever. But she had to, like, take these two kids away. And, like, so she puts them in this, like, home or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, you start hearing noises and seeing lights flicker and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way they did this shot, I don't know how they did it. I wish I did. But it, like, shows, like, this kid, like, looking down. And then he looks up and starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the chick, like, lunging at him. And then you just see the reflection of this demon, like, eating this kid. From eating a- the kid? Oh, it's crazy. Whoa. That sounds funny. I don't know if it was eating it, but, like, the way it but looked. But going after him? Yeah. I'm going to watch that on the... That's got to be on YouTube right now, right? Guaranteed. Right? I got to do the intro. It's a, it's a good... So you it's enjoyed a good, it? Oh, it? dude. 
a solid movie. I, I'd give it like an 8.5 oh, out of 10. Right. Wow, that reminds me of when I saw The but Ring. You, you got to understand, though, going into it, it mm-hmm. is a ghost movie made by Blumhouse. So yeah, there, sure. There are going to be a lot of jump scares that aren't needed. Yeah, they do. They, they're jump scare crazy. Yeah, yeah. so. We can't but but, if, but if you can get past that, because like me, I don't care. I'm going to see a horror movie. Yeah. Jump scares are a key influence to horror movies. But you, you can overdo it, but yes. Yeah, but obviously you can overdo it, but. Crawl has uh, at least one like very effective jump scares. Like, ah, yeah. they, they got me. They got me good. Um, that reminds me of when I saw The Ring yeah. back in 2001 or 2002 when I was like 19 years old. And uh, for sure that night, like laying in bed and looking up at the ceiling and like seeing like rings. I'm like, that's not it's good. coming for you. It's just bad. Yep. Like, is the movie the video? Yes. Am I going to get a phone call yes. in seven days? How did that you work are. again? Uh-huh. That was a wild. You watch the video and then a tiny Asian girl eats your soul. Comes out of the TV. It's actually funny because like... They did that. They did the ring in two thousand two. Two thousand two with uh with like all this like special effects and like CGI to like get her crawling out of the TV, mm-hmm. which worked effectively. Yeah, I was at the flea market because I collect horror movies. So mm-hmm. I was looking at horror movies. I found Ringu, the nineteen ninety original, the original. Yes. the original, and I watched that. Mm-hmm. That movie does all practical effects, even to her crawling out. Yeah. It is so scary. Yes, yeah, it looks wild. Oh, it is crazy. There's a reason why they were like, we have to remake this. Yeah. We got to do sequels. There are Ringu sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ringu is super, super well yeah. made. That was right around the time when Japanese horror was like really popping. Oh, I remember that. And in our college days, we were like uh, seeking those things out. We were and... trying the most messed up violent movies we could find. Yes. But... Well, we found them. Oh, yeah, we See, did. See, I'm a big fan of Japanese horror all. movies. Yeah. Like obviously, I like the ones like Ringu, sure. you know, uh, One Miss Call, I think it was, or One, one Miss Call. Yeah, that's a Takashi yeah. Miyake. That yeah. was his version of the uh, the teen horror, the Ring. Something's coming. Everyone yeah, gets exactly. a phone call. Have you ever seen that one? Was there a stumpy person in that movie? There has to. No, be but there's. Are you uh, sure this is Miyake we're talking no, about? No, but there's like wet hair strangulation and stuff. Ah, that sounds like. Yeah, and then, uh, but no, but I, I found this one movie. It came out in 2000, 2001. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it's called Pulse. Yes, yeah, and like, I saw, I saw, no, I saw the remake of that. Yeah, you, you probably saw the Wes Craven remake yeah. of it, which was terrible. But I, I've but, seen the original, uh, like, on my laptop. Dude, they do this one effect where, like, it shows a dude hanging, and they made, like, a full-on fake body, but mm-hmm. they put all the detail into the neck. Yeah. So it's, like, stretched out. Oh, it's, all crazy looking. It's crazy looking. Uh, we recommend the films of Takashi Miyake if you can find Audition. Have you seen Audition? Yes, of course. Uh, Audition's great. Um, Itchy the Killer is sort of horror, but it's really just trying to be fucked up. Um, Gozu. Gozu, yes. Go. I'm pretty sure Gozu's just like on Amazon Prime, just like, watch, have fun. Yeah, like, you can't just put that movie out there for people to stumble across. <laughs> there needs to be some sort of, like, big warning. Like, be yeah. careful, this is Gozu. You no. Know, there's a pighead man in this thing. And, uh, it's, it's wild. The, the, the lady gives birth to the... What was that? What was that one movie? Dark Waters, Deep Waters, something like that. Dark it- Dark Water with Jennifer Connelly. I think that's another one where they made a. It was a Japanese. It, yeah, the Japanese they, original that yeah, got remade. And then they remade yeah. it. Yeah, the original terrifying. And it's a funny thing too, where I think this may have happened with Pulse, where it's they even get the same director oftentimes to do the English mm-hmm. language remake, and it still doesn't translate as well. There's something lost in the remaking of it. Maybe well, that's it's, why it's the a ring script, is probably yeah the scripting. I think maybe that's why the ring worked because Gore Verbinski is a good director, so he put his own little yeah. weird touch on it. Um, man, that was a fun time though. It was yeah. early two thousands, all those horror films and the remakes and stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you got a good remake. Yeah, I mean, no, they all can't be good, yeah. but it's still fun to see other people try. I'm still waiting for a good slasher remake. Uh, oh, oh, a remake? They, you know do re- they do reboots a lot. No, I'm talking about remake. Uh, like, which ones would you want to see remade? Like, well, straight up. Well, because the thing is, like, 
They tried to do Friday the 13th. They did Friday the 13th. Didn't work. It didn't no. do good. You know what I'm saying? They remade Nightmare on Elm Street. was not good. They no, remade, it wasn't. Remade Halloween. I enjoy the movie. But it wasn't even but necessarily... It, whoa, are you talking about the Rob Zombie yeah. ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those are Rob Zombie those movies. Are, those are Rob Zombie movies. Exactly. You yeah. gotta be in a certain mood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they remade Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a solid remake. It was a good one. I still like the original more just because it's so sweaty and real seeming. But yeah, that is one of the more successful ones. Yeah. And now like, that you look back on it. And now, like, they're, they're like, you know, they just remade Child's Play. Yes. December, there's going to be a Black Christmas remake again. Mm hmm. Like, it's. I'm waiting. They're remaking Candyman. Uh, uh, yeah. Yep, uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele's Peele. yeah. uh, producing uh, that. Yep. Chris Rock. Picked up the Saw franchise. Yeah, so I don't think that's a remake, but it's a continuation, and I think a reimagining. Yeah. And actually, that's a great spot to pause, Drew, because I pulled that story for the second half of our movie news, so we'll talk about that, as well as a couple other horror movie stuff. I want to talk to you about Night of Vengeance. I want to see what you guys are doing, what you find uh, easy, what you find difficult, etc., etc. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be getting into the second half of the show. So let's take a break, Drew. You ready for this break? Mm-hmm. Gonna break me off with a piece of this Kit Kat? Oh, you know what? No, I'm not, is... I'm not breaking you off a piece of anything. Uh, much to Drew's delight, we don't have a Patreon troll this week, but we do have a Billy D's <sighs> Death at the Movies, where he has a couple of reviews here. So here is this week's uh, Billy D. And we'll be back with the second half of... The... What, what, what looking at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, we'll be talking about that for sure. We'll be back with the second half of the show. Here we go. favorite sounding word my top five are ointment bumblebee vladivostok banana and testicle welcome to billy d's death at the movies what is up my dudes i've had a pretty busy summer and this past week and next week look to be my slowest after that i'm pretty fucked so i went out of my way to relax and watch some stuff a Dark Place. I rented this one on Amazon because I love Andrew Scott. He's from uh, BBC Sherlock and Fleabag. Dude is a hell of a talent and his performance in A Dark Place shows depths from him we haven't seen yet. He plays a garbage man with some cognitive impairment and obsessive tendencies. A boy on his route goes missing and he becomes obsessed with figuring out what happened. This movie ain't lying. It goes some real dark places. It's very deliberate but consistently raises the stakes, so it's never boring. Definitely recommend if you're into very slow dark dramas. Party hard, die young. This is a fun German update to the classic slasher formula. Not so much a slasher like Jason, Freddy, or Michael Myers, but more like The Burning or Slaughter High. It's about a group of friends who go on a post-high school trip to some sort of party island, and one by one they end up dead. It's a slasher movie, so uh, lots of dead teenagers. This one gets pretty intense, but is never gory. Check it out on Shudder. I also woke up early on Saturday and caught a 9am screening of Spider-Man Far From Home, and I loved it. Jakey G was great, Holland was great, 
It was pretty fucking great. My only gripe is one that most MCU movies have, and that's that they often have just serviceable cinematography. A few standout shots here and there, but man, pull it back a bit. Not every non-action shot needs to be a medium. Show off these European environments a little more. Otherwise, why bother going on location at all? That's what keeps this from being the best Spider-Man movie ever. But it's still one of the best in the MCU based on its story alone. Alright guys, I got a stack of storyboards and a pile of laundry to do. Sunday fun day, it is not. Stay cool, Billy D. Oh, back second half of the show is on the way Drew Cogburn where can people find you online at Antihero 419 Facebook and Instagram follow at Drew Cogburn on Twitter it's not me but they do a great job yes they do follow the show on Instagram at Cinema Crespo so on Twitter at Crespo so and follow me at I am Chris Crespo Robbie where can people follow you online if you want them to up to you uh, yeah you can follow on Instagram at mechanic that is M-E-C A-N-N-I-C mm-hmm. dot Rob R-O-B that's my Instagram. You can just follow me there. Yep, and you can also uh, I'll post a picture of us and I'll tag you in it so people can just like click yeah, on click that. Yeah, click on it and go. Uh, you, the, people will be able to if they go to there, they'll find some uh, behind the scenes stuff and promotional stuff for Night of Vengeance. Yeah, we're gonna be kind of anytime we have a shoot date, we're gonna try to get pictures, little skits, stuff like that. Very smart to be put on like Facebook, Instagram, get promotion going. Very stuff smart. Like that. Let people know. Uh, let them see what you're doing. Yeah, because uh, I um it's always fun. I actually have a cool idea because I don't want to make. A full-on trailer for the movie. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is I'm gonna, you know, outright make the movie, mm-hmm. and then for every scene of the movie we film, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a little skit that correlates. You know what I'm saying? Because like the, the movie itself is a satire, right. so it's a horror movie that makes fun of horror movies. It's funny and it's funny and it's scary in and of itself. Right. So I'm like, okay, what if we have this awesome scary movie? I say awesome because I wrote it. Like, of course, I yeah, 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 you gotta believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have this awesome scary movie, but then the skits are mm-hmm. comedic. Okay. So like, we'll have like. So, like, the scene will be, like, the girl driving to school with her best friend. Yep. But then the skit might be, like, her walking with her backpack down the road, and you can see the killer behind her. Mm -hmm. But every time she feels like there's someone behind her and turns around, you can actually see the killer, like, freak out and run behind a tree and hide. Ah, okay, yeah. So you throw something in there. Yeah. And then use that for promotion to let people know this is kind of the vibe we're going for. Yeah, exactly. But this isn't necessarily what you're going to see in the... In the movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You got to think forward now with marketing. Also... You see with the Marvel stuff, Drew, we talk about this, how they now 
put in scenes and trailers to deliberately yeah because it's not in the movie yeah the deliberately trick you you know here's Hulk running with Happens all the Avengers all the he's not actually with nope. this group yeah. or yeah we're cut these people out of this scene so you can't see you know we're I mean they do it in video games too yeah do they in Red Dead Redemption two like all of the tra- quote unquote trailer footage mm-hmm. was done in the new Austin area with. The gang and uh, Arthur Morgan. Mm-hmm. And in the game, mm-hmm. you don't play any of the game as Arthur in New Austin. <laughs> really? Whatsoever. It just came up with a whole thing yeah. on the side? Ar- Ar- Arthur dies, you do all the New Austin stuff with John. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, wow, that's funny. Yeah, they, 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 they even do everybody. Every, well, you talk about the when you get me three the Mass Effect 3 effect? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Uh-huh. Uh, video games and and movies, a lot of crossover there in terms of um, marketing well, I mean, it, it's, and, it's and pop- audience reception. It's popular entertainment. So. That's true. It is pop entertainment. And a lot of these times, these days, I mean, some video games with the storytelling they're doing, they could be made into movies. I mean, they keep trying and failing. They but... keep trying. They keep They're getting, they're, they're getting better. Uh, Tomb Raider and uh, uh, Assassin's Creed are in like the 40 and 50 percentile. That Rotten Tomato score is slowly going up. Wait, and it took a Hollywood Assassin's Creed movie? Yeah, Michael, Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah, he produced really? it because yeah. uh, he and, wanted and, and to be his, in it so bad. And, and his wife did the uh, Tomb Raider movie. And his wife did the Tomb Raider movie, which is very funny. And those are like the two best-reviewed video game movies. <laughs> Neither of them are good. And they're not that well-reviewed. I'm just waiting for Minecraft the movie. It's coming. Oh, God. I'm sure it is coming. I'm you, sure you, it you is. joke uh, is in development. Um, the movie that might actually—it's funny. The one that might actually be quote good, watchable, get a decent score um, on the tomatoes. The new Mortal Kombat. What? Yes, uh, Joseph Kahn, I think, is working on it. They're making a new Mortal Kombat movie, Are and they, they just confirmed recently. Please tell them they're going to have the same awful soundtrack. No, my oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least throw that in for uh, Mortal Kombat. As a shout out. He's got to shout that out, right? No, um, they're going for like a R-rated, violent, quote gritty, you know, dark Mortal Kombat. After somebody dies, is it going to say fatality? Someone pops in and goes fatality, babality. Is the turns will be? Is some dude going to hop out from the corner and yell toasty? There'll there'll be some guy just standing there like uh, wobbling, and then the other person will just punch and kick here, punch, punch, kick, kick, punch, 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 and the person will just fall over. Yeah. They're like, oh, I couldn't get the combo right. <laughs> Fucking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, it could actually be a good movie, though. We'll see if they just make a crazy movie with people getting speared and ripping each other's spines I mean, out and stuff. It'll I mean, be fun. I guess, it, yeah. I guess it depends on what timeline they're going to use, I guess. Because there's like Ooh. a lot of different yeah. Mortal Kombat timelines at right this now. point now. It's not 1994 anymore. You yeah. are right. They have gone crazy with these movies. Exactly. So, like, let's open up the Mortal Kombat multiverse. Let's do it, guys. <laughs> well, like, no, because, like, <laughs> if we're being, like, kind of serious, like, I think the best movie mm-hmm. fitting timeline for a Mortal Kombat movie is probably Armageddon. What? It, what why? Why? Well, because break it, it down. Okay, because like you start off as this dude named Dagon, mm-hmm. and you have to find your brother, but you find out your brother's evil and killed your parents, and you have to fight. You have to beat him in the Mortal Kombat tournament. Always brother versus brother. Always to, good to get the um the gift or whatever. Mm-hmm. The MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, the prize. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. So like, well, in in the game, the prize is you know. If one of the brothers wins, mm. everyone in Mortal Kombat lives. Mm. If one of the brothers wins, half of Mortal Kombat dies. Oh, Thanos. But then in the in the video game, mm. spoiler for an old video Not game. Not for old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it ends up being a secret third option and everyone lives in harmony. Oh. But they, but they don't have to go with that. Very hippie. I like Se- it. Secret third option should be everyone dies. <laughs> 
Yeah, how come that didn't become... It's Mortal Kombat. Seriously. No, I like Mortal. We're all in this together now, guys. <laughs> Lame. Let's hold hands and kumbaya this shit up. Night of Vengeance. Uh, yeah. So you've been in production for a few weeks now. How yep. long have you been... When did you first get the idea to even do it? Okay, so... um. My whole life, I've been into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw my first horror movie um, when I was in kindergarten. Nice. And that same movie I saw is still to this day my favorite horror movie. Which is? Scream. Scream, okay, very good. And it was it, Perfect it, it, kindergarten movie. And it's cool because, like, at the time, I didn't reference, I didn't get any of the references. Of course I just, not, no, yeah. I just thought it was a cool movie. <laughs> and then as the older I got, the more movies I saw, the more I put pieces together. Yes. Um, but when I was, uh, when I was 13... That's when I started collecting movies and appreciating movies okay. as a movie. Yeah. Because, like, you can watch a movie, but, like, we, once you hit a certain age, you start, like, appreciating movies. Absolutely. Like, dang, they put that much time into that. Oh, my God, I can't believe they've done that. Or this person came up with this idea. That's yeah, crazy. Exactly. Yeah, 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 sure. So, um, I was, like, I don't know, 16, mm-hmm. and I was getting mad because I'm a slasher movie fan mm-hmm. through and through. Like, my favorite subgenre of horror is slasher. Okay. The whole thing about a dude with a knife breaking into a house and killing people. Mm-hmm. That's probably the second scariest thing ever to me. And it's not one of the more popular genres for whatever reason. I exactly. Guess maybe lately. It was yeah. very popular in the 70s and 80s. But like as of now, like, well, at the time when I first started writing the script, I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, no one's making slasher movies mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. I'm going to try this. Let's see if it goes anywhere. That's always smart. Uh, definitely do. If you're going to make something, it is smart to make the thing that you want to see. Yeah. Because at least then you're making it for yourself. And whenever, I mean, if you ever question yourself, like, well, this is what I want to see. This is what I would want to do. Because, I mean, best case scenario, you know, it, someone options that it, it gets made. Right. Worst case scenario, I have the experience of doing it. Yeah, the experience of so doing there, it. So there, there's no yes. losing in this situation for me. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I made my own short film in college uh, that ended up being like a seven or ten minute short. It was a decent amount of work. It was just me and my friends. uh volunteering and, and, and helping me out and stuff and uh, it's terrible and horrible I don't think a copy of it exists anywhere and I wouldn't recommend anyone seek it out it's impossible to find it anyway I wouldn't want to show it to anyone it's very embarrassing but it was an amazing experience I yeah. love being able to say that I did it you know that I I got my hands dirty so to speak with the creation yeah. of that type of thing yeah like um but yeah, now I'm noticing that slasher movies are starting to come back into trend. Halloween. Halloween kind of started so that. Popular, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But that's still good for me as an independent slasher movie writer. Now it just seems like you're kind of uh, ahead of the curve a little bit. Now yeah, exactly. you're already in production on something that is now starting to pop up again. It's yeah. pretty smart. Yeah, exactly. It could work out great. So you've already been doing it for, uh, uh, you said for four? How, how long? About, about two, maybe three. Two, three weeks, but you have another, uh, you're like halfway through, less, you're less than halfway through. Yeah, we're um Do you have a schedule written down or are you just doing it as you can? It's one it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I have a job, everyone I'm working exactly. with has jobs. Exactly. If we're free, we get together. If we're not, we can't. Precisely. Yeah. That's... Like I was supposed to have two more people with me here today. They, they, they schedules. Out. Scheduling. Scheduling. Scheduling is a pain in the ass, yeah. but uh, it, it's it's that's how it is. And it's cool then to have friends and a support system where yeah. they're like, Hey, I got the free time this weekend, let's work on this together, let's do it. You show me some clips. Um during the break here on your phone, yep, it's looking good, looking very, very slick. Who's um who's shooting the thing? Uh, that would be my my buddy um Devin Ramey. Mm-hmm. He um he's a, he's a cool dude. I met him through the guy I was with here last time I yes. talked to you. Yeah, yeah. My, my buddy Calvin. Yep. But he does uh he's done like he does like romance comedy type stuff or music videos. Oh wow. So it's kind of but, but so my, let's give him a chance to expand to, to his expand vocabulary. His, but and I and on top of that. It'll help me with shots because 
say there's like a scene where like it's a dude and a chick and they're scared. Yeah. He'll be able to shoot that away of like a romance style versus how I would be like horror movie. You know what oh, I'm saying? Sure. It yeah. opens up the door for more variety in the movie too. Yeah, for for a, a wider look. Yeah, and, exactly. And to play with ideas. That is very cool. Yeah. That's very smart. And then you uh you essentially cameo in it. Yeah, in, in, in the beginning. In the opening scene. Uh, you, I have a few lines of dialogue and then... Did you straight up... Uh, did you write it? Did you co-write it? How did that work? The script. Okay, so the way the script worked is I wrote the whole thing, Okay, but I'm not that good when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. So I say I have a co-writer, but all my co-writer did was fix grammar... grammar grammatical? Grammatical. Just, just cleaned it up air, for you? Cleaned sure. it up for me. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was Calvin. Calvin Flood, okay. my buddy who was here with yeah. me last time. Okay. Um, so, so you're the writer-producer? I'm writer, producer, and director. And director. Yeah, okay. I'm directing it too. Everything's... And, and with the Alfred Hitchcock cameo in the beginning there. Very, very slick. Um, it's ambitious, but again, from a personal experience, when you're doing a low-budget thing like this, you have to put on all the hats. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yes, I have to write, I have to produce, I'm going to have to... I'm a gaffer Acting now. Right, I have yeah. to like put up this light. I have to paint this wall. You know, I have to procure food for my crew. Now I'm a catering guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fun. And like, uh, but the thing is, like, the people things. I'm working with are so cool about it. They're not like, like everyone's doing it for free. Yeah, everyone's giving me time and effort. Yes, for free because not only does it help me out because it's making you know my dream reality, mm-hmm. but, but it's helping them make their dreams realities too. Because everyone that's in this wants to be an actor, wants to make film, wants to do something. Everyone wants experience. Exactly. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. It's like James Cameron. Everyone knows James Cameron, most mm-hmm. successful movie director of all time. He um, started in the Roger Corman School. I almost said the Roger Carmen. The Roger Corman School of filmmaking, where it was like Roger Corman was just like, I'm making the cheapest movies possible. They're all low budget schlock, and I will hire anyone to do anything as long as you're fine with being overworked and underpaid. And he had people lining down the block, like, yes, please hire me uh, to underpay me, to overwork me. James Cameron was there. That's where he did matte painting, special effects, uh, lighting, gaffing, ended up working cameras on some things. Next thing you know, he gets hired, like, you are my director for Piranha 2, the movie about flying Piranha. James Cameron was fired after, like, a week. But to this day, he says Piranha 2 is the greatest movie about flying Piranha that has ever been made. Are there any other movies yeah, about flying piranhas that I mean, have been made? Yo, you want these details all these times. I'm just I I'm Google giving Mich- you the facts. Why Wait, which one was that you? one again? Was that Piranhas Double D or Piranhas? No, this is the the original Piranha. The original two Piranha from Two from nineteen eighty something. Okay, because okay, I haven't seen any of those movies. They're fun. So. The first one, they're very watchable. I saw like the one that came out a few years ago. There's the Piranha three D. And then the three double D. Did you see the one with the, uh, the underwater naked ladies and the, the severed penis floating down in the bottom? No, no, no. I saw the one that had the dude from Jaws in the beginning. Yeah, that's that one. Oh, yeah, it is? That is that one? Yeah, okay. that's that one. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, again, Alexander Aha, the guy who did mm-hmm. Crawl. Yeah. He, he did, I read this interview with him where he talked about how he did Piranha. And then he was like, he thought about all the stories about Jaws. And how the the nightmare of working on water like that, and then making piranha. He's like, oh yeah, now I understand what Spielberg was complaining about the nightmare of working on water. I'll never do this again. And then he said there must have been too much time between now and piranha because I signed on to do crawl, and then the very first day he's there, <laughs> and there's water, water everywhere. everywhere, and he's like, damn it, I forgot about the water. And there, there really is like scenes with people, their water's up to their chest, like there's so much water. Uh, it's very very funny. Piranha is a lot of fun. The original, the very first one, Piranha, is directed by Joe Dante. I think that's his first movie. He went on to do like Gremlins 
and stuff like that. So he's an accomplished filmmaker. And then the second one, James Cameron got a job on before he got fired. Yeah. Uh, the first one's for sure. It's can't be fun. When the prana come flying well, out of the water. It, it's it's like they're one not... of those movies yeah, that's exactly. supposed to be... See, that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, people will take horror movies too serious. Yes, especially now. Especially that now. That we're getting some that are smart because, movies. Because, and don't get me wrong, like, I, I enjoy going to the theater mm. and watching a smart movie. I think, like, movies like Get Out or Us or The Boy. Yeah. Midsummer. Midsummer. Just, yeah, yeah. Man, wow. Those movies are good, smart movies, but yeah. those aren't, like, horror movies. They don't, yeah, because, uh,. We do equate horror with, like, just simple scares. Just yeah, exactly. Set something up. Don't get me wrong. It's, like, those, Crawl. Crawl is a horror movie. Those know? are scary movies. Yeah. They are in the scary movie genre. But they're also making you think. But Exactly. Like, it's... it's they're doing extra stuff. Um, if you like slasher movies, I recommend... I'm assuming you haven't seen this because it's a much older film. Peeping Tom. Seen it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't that fantastic? Oh, such a good movie. It's the original um It's the original POV. first person perspective, yes. yes. And uh and then the whole thing where like I think he, then he films if, it. If I'm not mistaken, I think my script references Peeping Tom. Does it? I think you got so. a lot. There's a lot of There's a lot of movie references. Every other line, every other character's line is like it's just like a West Craven movie. It's very yeah, funny. exactly. Yeah. It's because like literally before I started writing that Vengeance, I was like, all right, my favorite movie is Scream. Mm-hmm. Let's make a satire. I'm gonna sit down for three days and watch as many slashes and wa- as I can. Watch them all. Man. And I took I have four notebooks cover to cover of all the of notes and stuff. Notes and stuff. Very I smart. Yeah, Peeping Tom is that one where it's like that scene what was that, where sixty six. Yeah, definitely in the sixties. It, it has that scene where because he goes around with the camera, he films the women as he kills them, and then later Drew he sets up this camera on a projector and watches like because it's a film, so right, yeah. and he's watching the murder, and because it's the sixties and they're trying to be a little chase with it still. Uh, as the murder happens, he's sitting in the chair and he's like kind of writhing and he's sweating and he's freaking out. Then as the murder happens, he like jumps up in his seat, like ramrod, straight arm suicide. He's like, Ugh! and he's all stiff. And then when the murder is done, he collapses back into his chair. Like, oh. So he got off watching the yes, murder. Yes, yes. 100% without showing him. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Peeping Tom walked so Maniac could run. Yeah, well, dude, man, those movies. Those movies are so good. Those movies are wild. The 80s, the that, um, the video nasty era, all that schlocky early 80s stuff where they were just like, the only thing we have in our budget is fake weapons and uh, buckets of caro syrup yeah. and red dye. That's all we have, and we're going to use I think it's funny. I think and we're not fu- spending any money on air conditioning either. No. No, no, no. no. Unless, oh, you're, oh, unless you're on the set of The uh, Exorcist where the entire thing was a freezer. Because, yeah, because they wanted <laughs> the breath. Yeah, because they wanted yeah, the breath. Yeah, they wanted the breath. Yeah, but that, they had to spend a little bit of money, those, yeah. those uh, poor bastards. Now William Freakin's like, I'll do everything with CG. If I could do it again, I'd do it with CG. He says that. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's like, your movies are so good. Why would you ruin them? Um, Night of Vengeance. What do you have uh, planned for it when it's done? Do you Are you going to submit it to festivals? you already uh, know what direction you want to go when in? When it's done. Your own screening. When it's done, I, I do have a few personal screenings at houses cool. that uh, people will be paying to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am talking to someone who owns a independent theater mm-hmm. to see if I can do a debut night there, nice, which would yeah. be cool if they agree upon it. And then we're going to get a red carpet premiere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, I, ultimately, after a few months, I'm just going to put it on YouTube. There you go. Because, I mean, I'll, it gives it time to like, 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 like movies do, you know? few months in theaters yeah on dvd like i'm gonna do like a few weeks where i you know promote it try to get it out there if nothing happens youtube that's right that's someone will find it eventually uh that's what happened with kung fury they he popped that out on youtube and it blew up and now he is in production on kung fury 2 starring arnold schwarzenegger as the president of the united states so anything can happen robbie that's a good plan 
Yeah. The smart guy. You're definitely going to have to keep us informed along the way of mm-hmm. the progress and then let us know when the movie's ready to screen yep. so we can uh, help promote all that stuff too. Yeah. That's very cool, man. Yeah, no, this uh, this movie this movie has a soft spot for me because like, it's it's like Scream where it's a whole murder mystery thing. You yes. don't know what's going on. Yep. Uh, the one thing where it's not like Scream mm-hmm. other than the beginning is like, obviously there's no, there's no cell phone. Like, he doesn't go around talking like Scream does. It, yeah, our, yeah, that's true. I noticed that. I was like, not a cell phone? It's got to be a landline. Because yeah. the phone gets cut off at one. It just dies. Yeah, it just like, dies. So it has to be a landline. Yeah, it's like, I, thought that was, uh, I thought that was smart. Yeah, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how, how it turns out. I like the pictures, the design you have, that, that plague doctor mask yeah. with the killer. People can see that on your uh, Instagram. Instagram account. Uh, and like I said, you go to our Instagram account, find the picture of us recording today. You just click right on his name. It'll be right there. Um, all right, cool. Awesome. We got that update. That's very excellent. Uh, also, want to throw out there patreon.com slash Crespodiso for our bonus stuff. Drew, I sent you an email. We got exactly well, one email. Well, Chris, I might not be able to read the email. It is spoiler heavy on two movies that are currently in theaters and have not been out for very long. For uh, Which ones? Uh, Dark Phoenix and Midsummer. Dark Phoenix, feel free to spoil that one. Yeah, it's okay. not in theaters anymore. Yeah, actually, it did get pulled, and no one wants to see it anyway. I think at this point, it's like, eh. I didn't it. even want to see it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, trust care. me. So I don't think don't anyone cares about, about spoilers on Dark Phoenix. We're good on that one. Midsummer, though, that's what Midsummer, that, that one's like, it just, yeah, I it's, it's spoiler heavy. It's very spoilery, so if you can read it, what I can't. You can't cut up? Not, not his part, no. Because it's all just questions about the movie that he wants us to discuss. Okay, Ron, we'll do. Uh, we'll read the first half now, and then we'll read your midsummer half in the bonus episode for this week. And it'll, right. and it'll be clearly delineated for people. All right. So, so that's uh, how we'll handle it, Ron. He's saying he loves our bonus stuff. Thanks. But he's finally remembering to argue with us. Yes. He, he disagrees. Please argue with us. We so, love the argument. Dark Phoenix is not worse than Last Stand. This new iteration uh, is not good, mm-hmm. but they at least had a semi-origin with Phoenix coming from the cosmic space when Last Stand was just some random influx of power. Now, J-Law is barely present in the movie, and Jessica Chastain not being Lalandra was very disappointing. The action and use of mutant powers was so dynamic and very fluid. I was very impressed with all the choreography mm-hmm. and, and imagination used in the fights. Right. There is no rubber suit juggernaut screaming internet memes. Mm. It is a poor ending to a trilogy that had tons of potential, but Last Stand was so bad they had to make a trilogy to erase it. That's true. Uh, that's because Drew and I posited. We were just wondering as we did our Dark Phoenix episode, is this worse than X-Men The Last Stand? I don't think we definitively said it was or wasn't, but we openly questioned whether it was. The thing is, that means I have to go back and rewatch X-Men The Last Stand. No. And I... I'm not doing it's that. It's like, ah! No. I mean, just reminding me of the rubber suit juggernaut no. that I'm juggernaut yeah. bitch no. and all that. Yeah. No. What was that? It was awful. But Magneto picks up a bridge. He picks up the Golden Gate Bridge and then he drops does. it down on Alcatraz so they could walk over. That's wild. Yes. That's also 30 seconds. Of a two-hour movie? God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Ron. Uh, we're not trying to argue whether one is necessarily better than the other, but... I, I, I think what we're I saying th- is they're they're both very poor movies. And we're just surprised by how poorly Dark Phoenix came out because we were both looking forward to it as being some sort of correction... To what they did before, but it was not. Man, what a bummer of a film that ended up being. I I don't like. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we won't. We won't get you wrong. Huge Marvel fan. Huge Marvel fan. I love the X Men characters. Yeah, that's Drew's favorite. The X Men are his favorite characters. He's probably gonna hate me after I say this Mm-mm. then. But it feels like to me, you know, the most recent ones where it's X Men with whatever. Yeah. Um, the ones that are named 
I haven't. I just personally don't think there's a good one. Mm. Oh, you mean the, uh, the like X Men Apocalypse, Days of Future, Days past. of Future Past, First. You even like First Class? Didn't like. First We're class. fans of First Class around here. Days no. of Future Past as well. Days of Future Past is good. I think, and that's a lot of fun. I'm about to get a lot of hate. I think the best one mm. out of the ones that are named, not just X Men One, Two, and Three. Yep. Uh, the best one is probably Apocalypse. Right. My, my like opinion. Yeah, yeah. My opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. My opinion. I don't know. I don't know. The rest of them, and and then even this is something I see with the with the original trilogy with mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. They're just boring. Like Those nothing. Are, that that original X Men really is happening. pretty. I don't know. I feel like nothing's really going on. It's kind of crazy if you go back and rewatch it. Ninety nine X Men. Yeah. It's like not a lot. It is kind no. Of, and also Wolverine is very not ripped. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's a little. Hugh Jackman's a little. Like nothing's little really going on. Yeah, um, but don't get me wrong. Like, because I, it's also like the beginning of the superhero cycle. It was the cycle. first. Yeah. it was the first one. I understand that. Yeah, but it just felt like with each one they brought out, nothing really added to the table. The X Men movies are weird. Uh, yeah. They vary in quality wildly to the point where, with very few exceptions, I really wouldn't argue with people's X Men rankings. Uh, I mean, X Men Origins Wolverine is at the bottom of the pile, no matter yeah, no matter honestly. how you cut that pie, uh, and then. I gotta say, Logan's at the top. Yeah, yeah. Logan. Yeah. It's a weird Wolverine sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Or the the best one, then the worst one are are, are Wolverine heavy. But um, the, the rest of them, it's like you know, they're they're they're, they're interesting. They're the more adult versions of the comic book movies because they do wrestle with like matters of equality and like seemingly more adult issues and, and yeah. repression of uh, emotions and fears and getting in touch with stuff like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, eh, I'm looking forward to the MCU X-Men stuff. I'm looking forward to what they do now with the, uh, how they fold in the X-Men. Sorry, See. Can you get, uh, don't, you can take this off the wire. Oh, my bad. That's fine. I'm just getting weird, uh, feedback. feedback. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with that. And the Fantastic Four, because that's another one where they made three Fantastic Four movies. None of them. And none of them end up. Yeah, well, the first one was okay. That's why the... I was actually going to say. First one's okay. When the third one comes out, that uh, Josh Trank one, it makes you be like, oh, well, actually, the first one, 10 isn't... Doesn't isn't seem, bad. It doesn't seem so bad compared to this boring movie. Where in comparison, yes, but in comparison to any other good movie, it's not good. Yeah, right. But... Exactly. It is about the, compa- the, the the sample set. You're gonna compare Fantastic Four to like uh, the first Spider-Man. Yeah, it's not as good. Compare it to that last Fantastic Four. People are just sitting around in hallways having conversations, and then Doctor Doom just showed up. Well, what He's is like, this? yo, what is this? It was silly. It was silly. So dumb. Um, yeah. So then you go back to that first one. You're like, oh, at least it's colorful. <laughs> They're having fun with it. And I like, yeah, I know it looks like it's still a man in a suit, but I still like man in suit over I pre- CG. Oh, yeah, I prefer man in suit. Yeah, because like at that, least it's like you can dude, see the craftsmanship. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Rubber look, at, suit. look at like Deadpool, right? Look yeah. at Deadpool. And yeah. then like, look at Green Lantern. Sure. Yeah, you got a guy in a suit with just a little bit of CG on his eyes versus yeah. a, a guy whose head is CG, real with yeah, yeah. the CG body. He's like, well, why, is he, why is he a rubber man? But then in the same thing, so we have live action man in suit juggernaut. Garbage. That one, then, did, that one did look weak. Full CG juggernaut in the last Deadpool movie. That did look better. Yeah. It, it looked better yeah, it to look the better. other one, but yeah. it still didn't look that good to it, me. It doesn't look as photoreal, but that juggernaut suit was bad. Like, it had weird wrinkles, like, around the neck. That was strange. It reminded me of the... Um, it almost looked like a League of Extraordinary sort of, Gentlemen. Remember looked, the, yeah, the Jack yeah. and Hyde it, suit? It looked like some sort Man, of weird house bondage bad. outfit. <laughs> It really well, looked I mean, like he, like he could have been in the Fifty Shades movie. It looked like he was just, that thing. He's just here. Yeah, I'm here to have fun. I'm a Joker, not S and M bitch. Um, all right, Ron. Well, what an interesting discussion there in X Men last. Well, 
Drew, try to remember to read his midsummer section later. I'll keep for the email. I'll see if I can remember. Keep the email. We'll try our best to remember. Now we tease us. You brought this up at the end of the first half. Yes, Chris Rock. Have you heard about this stuff? Do you see this online, Drew? I have. Chris Rock taking the reins on Saw. That Saw Legacy. Did you see that one? Uh, Jigsaw. Uh, no, wasn't it called? Or they they did rename it the Jigsaw. Yeah, it was Jigsaw. Didn't they? Yeah. Yes. The working title was I think Saw Legacy. Yeah, it was Saw Legacy, and then they changed it. Um, so you're watching all the Saw movies. You're I own all of the Saw you're movies. You own them all. All right. Uh, how did that last one stack up? to all okay. Whatever. The last one is is a weird spot for me mm-hmm. because I thoroughly enjoyed the whole movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a part where I was like, oh, this is dumb. Like in the the previous sequels. Okay. What kind of sank it for me, though, is it was trying to be a continuation for a new story Uh while explaining all this past stuff, Uh. and it didn't make sense because, like, have you seen it? I, no, I have not seen that one. I've seen the original Saul and, and like, the kills from the sequels. Then hear me out, hear me out. Uh, This Saul movie, Jigsaw, Mm -hmm. is supposedly Jigsaw's first time ever doing anything like this. Okay? Okay. So it's his first ever set of traps. So this is happening before the bathroom. Oh, so tell it's, a, me, it's a sneaky prequel? Yeah, so oh. tell me how Jigsaw is going to start off with people with chains around their necks and buckets like s- stuck to their head, yeah. and they, they get taken off if you if, if, with all this sophisticated, high, fancy crap, yeah. and then going on to making a bathroom where people are chained and have to cut off their foot. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, like it doesn't you, make sense. You, you swallow the key, here's a hacksaw, like that's it, right? Yeah, like it doesn't make sense, and now, doesn't make any and sense. now they're saying like, oh, he had this dude on his team the whole time. This is actually the guy who built the reverse bear trap, and now he's going to be the new Saw. Like, it was... Oh. oh it was so weird. It was that, just, is, that is annoying, where they're trying to get too clever with their own mythology. Yeah. Just do something simple. Move and like, on, make it an then, And that's coming a lot from a movie whose first movie had a flashback within a flashback. <laughs> like, like how, how are you going to... Like, I thought that was dumb. How are you going to top that? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Funny. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, that being said, then... Uh, what do you think of the direction they'll be seemingly taking with a new Saw? Chris Rock going to be taking, I'm assuming, into the the dark comedy route. Why else would you get Chris Rock to do your, money. your franchise? I mean, right? money. J- uh, just money? He has a lot of money and he has a lot of good connections. He has good connections. Unless he has a Jordan Peele itch to scratch where he's had some ideas but never thought he could do anything with it. Either and now that he sees all these comedians getting into the horror genre. Interesting. So maybe he will make a straight-up horror maybe. film starring... Samuel L. Jackson. Not starring. It, he's in it. Are you sure it's not starring him? Because cause what, what I'm reading, it says produ- production has officially begun. Okay, ex- excellent. In which Rock will be, he will, the Chris Rock will play a police detective investigating a series of grisly crimes. Jackson <laughs> okay. is portraying his dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so If I was going to, if I was Chris Rock and I'm making a movie, like, I need a dad. I'm casting Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson, he's, yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. That's but see, like the details of the plot are keeping under wraps. Sure, so. sure. It's so early. Like you said, October 2020 is when they said yeah, they're going to release this thing. Um, man, I am into it. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Um, stick with the horror stuff here. A24. Mm-hmm. Killing it in the horror game. Like they just released Midsummer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing a thing where they are showing movies mm-hmm. on billboards around the country. Uh, for free mm-hmm. and it'll be like playing on this billboard I guess continuously for like a week or two weeks or something like that and people can just go to these spots and watch these movies being projected on billboards now the way it's being done is it's specific as to the city 
So A24 released Moonlight a couple years ago, which takes place in Miami. So they're showing Moonlight on a billboard in Miami. Yep, they're showing Good Time in Queens. They're showing Good Time in Queens. Billy D has to go. Oh man, I've told you, you better take some <laughs> snaps. Uh, they are showing they're playing the witch. What in like New showing, Hampshire? That's true. They're showing the witch <laughs> in, in a rural town in New Hampshire. That is so fucking creepy. Fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up. I would not do that. I love the witch. I would not do that. I, I, I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh my god, it is. But like uh, creepy, creepy. But the career that that girl in it, you know, got because of that movie, Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, yeah. she's like blowing up off of it. Oh my god, uh, that's a chick from Split, right? She was yeah. also yep. in Split. Yep, she was okay. Split and Thoroughbreds, glass, Thoroughbreds, and uh, something. House, I swear to God, she was just something else. She was, was she like, was she in Glass? I haven't yes, seen that. Yeah. She was. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen they that. They for yet. sure brought her brought her back for that. Uh, so you can see all of our listeners all over these places and go. Uh, if you go online, you can find all the different cities. Let me see if I have, maybe I have a list here. Uh, yeah, I do have a list. Here we go. So you can see Lady Bird in California, uh, in California. And what they did is they actually gave you um, coordinates. Okay. So you got to go like 34 degrees, yeah. 13, whatever. Uh, but the Bling Ring is also out in California. You can go out for that. The Witch is in New Hampshire. That's the billboard that you'll be watching in New Hampshire. Just some random billboard. Some tiny town. In some tiny town. Uh, Good Time in Queens. Looks like it's on the side of a... Uh, it's under some train tracks. That's interesting. Uh, the Spectacular Now. They're showing that. Moonlight in Miami. And there you go. That's super cool. That's a great idea. 824 is cool, man. Yeah. Why is 824 so cool? Sell them your, uh, sell them Night of Vengeance. Get them to give you the money to expand it into a feature. Actually, yeah. no, it's more of a Bloomhouse thing. Get Bloomhouse yeah. though. Ah, dude, Bloomhouse. I wish, dude. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, but they, aren't, they the, aren't they the one that uh, did the Lights Out movie? No, who, which one? Who did Lights Out in 2016, who, 2017? Who did the David F. Sandberg one? I don't think they did because, Lights Out. Because what happened with Lights that Out? That would be like their type of movie, though. But Lights Out like was a two-minute-long short film on YouTube. Yes, it was. Boom, multi-million-dollar contract. District 9 was a five-minute short film alive in Joburg. And yeah. he got the money to expand that. Pixels was a short film. That got expanded into a feature length. It happens often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, send it to Bloomhouse, man. Yeah. Uh, he has five million dollars laying around just to give to to filmmakers. That's how. That's what I'm saying. And with the slasher, <laughs> with the slasher genre being revitalized, why wouldn't a company want to take a chance on an independently owned exactly movie? A uh, five million dollar production, ten million dollars on the marketing budget. Put out a good trailer. It makes twelve million dollars opening weekend. You're on your way to a thirty forty million dollar movie. It, it it's making money. That's Boom. the way it works. That's the way it works. Um, all right, I got one more story here before I wrap this thing up. Speaking of uh, horror type stuff, have you been watching? Uh, this is real life horror. Mindhunter, the show Mindhunter. Uh, it's about um, what are the FBI? No, CIA. Do you remember? FBI. FBI. FBI guys who interviewed real-life serial killers while they're in prison uh, to put together psychological profiles of a serial killer. It's like the idea of the serial killers being invented. And uh, if you're into, like, slasher stuff, then you get to listen to these recreations of, like, real-life killers talking very graphically about their kills and their methods and things, and it is uh, crazy. Where do you uh, find it on? It's on Netflix. Netflix. It is produced by David Fincher. David Fincher directed the, at least the first couple episodes of season one. He worked on season two. And season two now has a debut date, Drew, of August 13. Nice. So very soon, season two of Mindhunter is coming Something out. Something new to watch. It's, uh, it's a very cool show. I love Fincher. And uh, I mean, with the game, and not the game, with Seven, that was like the ultimate serial killer movie for a while. 
Then he did Zodiac, the ultimate real life serial killer movie. Now he's doing like a serial killer. Uh, Zodiac, another sl- good Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Man, he's so good in it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, God, Robert, he's such a great Robert Grace. But maybe read the book. I went and got the Zodiac book. It's like I got to read this now. Um, so August thirteenth. There we go. That is our, uh, our Iron debut. Man Mysterio versus the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah. Come on. No, Iron Man, the Hulk, and Mysterio versus yeah, the Zodiac yes. Killer. Yeah. You're right. Well. You are totally God, right. It's so funny. It's like Pre Avengers. <laughs> the Pre Avengers. It's Night of Pre Vengeance. Uh, Pre Vengeance 1970. All right. Exactly. There we go. And with that, it's time for, if you guys excuse me, it's time for uh, the final thoughts. Crespo Contemplations. It's the moral. What is the moral of today's episode? What is your moral? Um, measure. Thrice, but slash once. Drusa Cogburn, do you have a moral for today's episode? Do I ever? You did a week or two ago. Yeah, that, that was an that was an earlier. Mo- that was the beginning of the. Episode. It was the beginning moral. Yeah. There's a pre-moral. I don't have any. You don't have a. Do you have a pre-moral for the moral? Yeah. Okay. Well, my pre-moral is just believe in yourself. But my moral is measure thrice slash once. Robbie, do you have a moral or a tip for our listeners as we uh, exit today's show? Uh, you can learn a lot from uh, slasher movies. Yeah. Uh, you can learn a lot from people like Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. Uh, the one thing I get from every movie is bitches be tripping. Bitches be tripping. That is so true. I saw that on a meme once. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I should hit the button instead. Uh, okay, well there we go. That's uh, we are out of time. That's the end of our episode. Robbie, thank you so much for joining us, man. Of course, anytime. That was a lot of fun. People look for Night of Vengeance in the future. Follow online to find all the. The cool promo stuff. Drew, thank you, sir. You're welcome. And uh, all our listeners, you are welcome for this week's episode of Cinema Cross Marisa. We will be back next week with episode 341. And we'll be doing a run, Drew, of uh, a number of guests in a row who are all food-related. All right. So it's going to be... Looking forward to that. We'll be doing food and movies for the next uh, four or five weeks. It's going to be really cool. So uh, look forward to that, you moochers. Peace out. PFT Media Production.